Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to the Theomatic Podcast. This is a series we're doing called Conversations in Contrast. And I'm here today with my friend Colby Meyer. Is that that's how you say it, right? Yeah, yeah, I'll yeah. make sure because the yeah. spelling is different. Colby Meyer. And if you are new to this, just want to let you know what it is. Conversations in Contrast with birth, was birthed from this idea that people in this world, specifically on social media, we oftentimes are putting our, our best face forward, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. But sometimes we're unintentionally, I think, training a generation that looks at other people's lives on social media and from afar to think, man, everybody else's life is perfect, is good. They got it going on. And I know my life and I don't. And so we wanted to sort of uh, hashtag fight the filters a little bit and pull back the curtain on what's real. The Bible talks about like the making of a man of God. And uh, so maybe an example would be if if a 16-year-old rolled up to King David in, in his prime when he's king and he has the palace and says, well, yeah, look at you. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're the king. You you have it all. Like your life is perfect. And he's like, oh, son, let me let me tell you about 15 years of yep. running for my life. Like you, you didn't hear about that. You didn't see that. You didn't feel that. But let me tell you about that. And so that's kind of the goal here is that the first theme of this show is to pull back the curtain on pain, struggle, uh, the, the making of a man of God. And I found that people that are successful oftentimes is not because their life is perfect, but it's because they've been through something Mm -hmm. difficult and they've grown and God has seen them through. So we are also filming today from Shalom, the mobile podcast studio. (laughs) (laughs) This is called Shalom. I love it. And, uh, and we also, just so you know, we are in Portland, Oregon, Right under the airport, or right next to the airport. Oh, so, so you you hear an airplane over? Yeah, okay, okay, so, some big jets. Yeah, but we, you know, there's gonna be jets overhead. So if you hear that, you know, give us grace. If you hear people <laughs> starting a generator or something, we're in a trailer. I so, love it. Uh, but we built this little podcast studio in the trailer, and uh, so we're excited to have you all with us. Uh, this is how I'm gonna start, Colby. I, I specifically felt that I was to introduce my guests. Not necessarily because I'm sure you have a big bio with all the accomplishments and all of the the things that maybe would be the the professional mm-hmm. one, and it, and that's valid and, and mm-hmm. amazing. But what I wanted to do was introduce each guest uh, the best I can from the perspective of like maybe the way that any quote unquote normal person would sort of view you from afar that wasn't already like a really good friend of yours. Mm. So. Uh, I may be on or off on this, but here, here's what I see. Mm-hmm, okay, mm-hmm. when I see Colby, I see a man of uh, muscles and stature, <laughs> <laughs> a basketball player in his own right. I see a man that is educated, uh, a man who's a lead pastor of a church in Portland, Oregon, and somebody that is absolutely blown up online. Um, and I'm astounded by the numbers. I mean, I think. I think 260,000 followers on Instagram, maybe 330 or so thousand followers on TikTok. And this one's crazy. Over 2 million subscribers on YouTube. Yeah, that's crazy. It's like, what? And you are doing what I'm doing, which is just sharing the gospel, preaching the Bible, uh, teaching about Jesus. And so the fact that God has elevated you to that place in this culture with that message is crazy. Mm. So... 
that that's sort of the Colby that I see from afar, mm. and it and it and it just it, it, it's it's success, it's platform, it's influence, it's eyes on you, it's you're always pr- uh, posting positive videos, encouragements, prayers, all those things. So that's awesome. So my first real question for the day is then: Is your life amazing, wonderful, and perfect, <laughs> or? Has there been some pain, some struggle, yeah. some turmoil? Maybe even you could say, I don't know, the dark night of the soul mm-hmm. that God's brought you through to make you the man that you are and that maybe he was using those processes to prepare you for the platform that you have. Mm. So if you're willing, with as much vulnerability and honesty, I know you're a pastor, I'm a pastor, so sometimes because we want to honor people and different situations, and we maybe can't share all the details, but... Would you share with us a time, one of the hardest times in your life, pain, struggle, whatever that might look like? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, it's really good. I, Craig, I love what you guys are doing here with conversations and contrast, just because like, you're right. I think we often, um, it, sometimes it's hard to share our vulnerabilities. Right. Um, sometimes it's hard to, to realize that you know when we actually lead from vulnerability, it's actually more attractive. But sometimes we think the opposite. Right. You know, we think that uh, when we disclose the things that we struggle with, when we disclose the things that um, no, we don't want anyone else to see, um, it, it actually does the opposite effect that we think it does. People are actually more attracted to that. And and I think uh, this podcast, man, I'm a big I'm a big fan. The moment you told me about it, I was like, dude, this is so necessary. Mm. You know, we need to share and, and be vulnerable, even online. You know, and and uh, probably to be especially able, online, especially online, right? Because mm-hmm. you have the pseudo culture of uh, you know. Um, you know, Christian leaders have it all together, and that's the that's the that's the belief, the underlying belief that people have. And I mean, you and I both know we've we've uh, we haven't been in this thing for a whole long time right. yet. We're just right. we're just we're just getting rolling. But we've seen enough just in the last you know what ten or so years uh, of, of various Christian leaders, um, you know, who have been exposed on a higher level, on a higher platform, and right. and uh, it kind of took everyone by surprise. And I wonder if. There was a level, a greater level of vulnerability if, if that would, if that would have happened, you know. Yeah. You're um, talking about some of the men that have fallen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I, I know that uh, you know my story is not all sunshine and rainbows. Um, you know, when I was, I think the biggest thing that um, I had been confronted with early on in ministry, I was only 22 years old. Um, I went through uh, just a, a wild episode of anxiety. Uh, depression, mm. panic, um, and that was when I was 22, 22 years old. So I, I had just graduated with my undergrad degree in theology and and biblical languages. Where was that from? Uh, that was in Andrews, Andrews University, in Bering Springs, Michigan. Okay, and I finished there in uh, 2015. Okay, and um, I remember I had a lot of choices to make. I had I had decisions to make where I was going to start. Kind of my first internship what was I going to stay in Canada all my family my my mom my dad my my nieces my nephews uh, everyone so you grew up in Canada yeah British Columbia and then you first came here for undergrad yeah that's what yeah. brought you here yeah okay yeah I played basketball there so I got a full ride scholarship oh. for basketball there oh okay yeah 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 so um that's how I got in the Midwest um so I got all my education paid for it was a great opportunity but I was I was doing just you know, I, I transferred uh, from uh, from a, a school in Alberta, transferred all my credits. And I remember that when I was trying to transfer all my credits, man, I was taking like like 
I think I was taking like 24, 25 credits to, to finish at, in Canada so I could transfer all of those things that I needed in order to, to get to Michigan and play there and, and, and uh, have all those credits that I needed. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was working really hard that previous year and uh, late nights, not sleeping, not taking right. care of my body, um, you know, just uh, pushing myself to the limits. And then when I got there, there was a whole other degree of intensity with, you know, two-a-day practices, mm-hmm. a whole list of courses, student-athlete, you know, trying to do everything, trying to make my relationships work. You know how the, the life is right. in, in university college. It's like... And you're a scholarship student. You got to perform. Got to perform. You got to be on. You got to be on your game. Yep, yep, yep. Got to do all those things. And so there's an expectation on uh-huh. you. There's a demand on you. There's a pressure on you to perform. Um, and uh, when I finished there, my, I was exhausted. I was so exhausted. Like... I enjoyed my time there, but I was tired. Like my soul was. So you tired. had like spent the whole cup just to get done. Just to and get then done. Now you're out of school, and you're like, "What's left? And where am I going?" Yeah. Okay. And it's more like, man, that was a lot to get here, but mm-hmm. now we're just starting. <laughs> so it was yeah. like I was like, man, well, where am I gonna? Where's gonna be my first uh, placement in ministry? What's what's good? Where am I going? You know, what's what's the where's the Lord calling me? And and well, I t- was, tell us real quick before you before mm-hmm. you get into you you went there to play ball, but you got a degree in what theology, Bible, yep, theology, and and biblical language, yep. language, yep. Hebrew, minor, and Greek? minor, minor in biblical languages, yep, both Hebrew yep. and Greek. Cool. So, did you? H- how did you choose that path? Like, did you? When did the call of God, you know, become evident to you, mm-hmm. or was it just like, oh, this is cool? Like, did you go there to? You knew you were going to be in ministry. How did that work in your life? Well, when I was in uh, uh, doing my undergrad, my my BA in uh, in, in religious studies at uh, at uh, a school, and they, I don't even know if they're still around now. It's called Berman University um, in Alberta. It's in the Bible Belt of Canada, pretty much. And so when I got there, actually in uh, in my first year, I didn't know if, if it was what I wanted to take. If theology was what I wanted to take, um, I had just become a, a born again um, believer. Uh, in at my, what age? Uh, I was 17 years old. So just that's high, when you high school. R- really met Jesus. That's when I encountered the Lord was 17 okay. years old in high school. Okay. Um, so I had all these uh, uh, different opportunities to play Division One basketball. Okay. Um, actually, Portland State was one of them. Portland University was one of them. Really? It's so It's so wild that I ended up yeah. here because those schools were recruiting me out of high school. Wow. And uh, I actually came here as a high school student my senior year to to uh, to to uh, to hanging with the team here in Portland University. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a cool thing. So it's just wild that I'm still here. But um, So you had opportunities in D1s and stuff like that, mm-hmm. but now the Lord gets a hold of your heart and you're asking, man, is that right for me? Is that yeah. how it went down? Exactly, okay. exactly. Because I was like, I was kind of at a crossroads. I was like, man, I, I really, I, I have a passion for studying the Bible. I'm so passionate about ministry. And there was a youth pastor actually uh, from... Uh, one of the largest churches, uh, youth church, uh, had l- one of the largest youth groups in Canada. I think it was like 400, 500 kids at the time, which is not like now it's like, okay, that's not huge. Right. But in Canada at big, the time, yeah. yeah like yeah. 10, 12 years ago, that was a big, Massive. that was a big group. Yeah. And, uh, he invited me out to a, on a missions trip to, uh, the dream center mm-hmm. in LA. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> right. So, um, I went with a bunch, like, I think it was like a four, four bus loads of, of high school students. And we all drove, drove from yeah. British Columbia, British dude, Columbia. Okay. all the okay. way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're that's doing like that. 20, you're I mean, doing that right now. <laughs> we're going to Seattle to San Diego, but still yeah. with four bus loads of kids, that's a lot. The bus broke down like four yeah. or five times. We prayed over the bus. Lord, don't let this 
this breakdown. <laughs> Every time we get in the car here, yeah. I pray for the engine, the transmission, the tires, and everything. You got it, dude. You so, got it. Okay, so, so you went to the Dream Center. With yeah, that, and that was my first. So I just I just received the Lord. I just received the, the power of the Holy Spirit, and I just gave my life to Him. And I, you know, I got this invite to go on this missions trip mm-hmm. by this youth pastor. Uh, his name was Joel Federson, the coolest guy. Um, and, uh, I actually just hung out with him the other week here. He came to Portland and, um, he, uh, just kind of took me under, um, under his wing and he was just like, Hey, like Colby, I, like, you know, when we were serving, we went to Skid Row, we went to, mm-hmm. to Compton, some of the different projects right. in LA and it was right. my first taste of ministry. And we're just, you know, handing out like welfare packages to different homes and houses and, um, just serving people. Mm-hmm. And, uh, there was something about that that really struck me to my core. And he just took me under his wing and he's like, Colby, like, you know, have you ever thought about ministry? He just kind of posed that question. Uh-huh. I don't know why he posed it, but maybe he was posing it to everyone. I don't know. Yeah. But he posed it to me and, and um, you know, it kind of got my mind spinning a little bit, mm. got me thinking. And I was like, you know, this is, has been such a, an amazing experience. Um, and, uh, you know, I was so passionate about the Bible. Um, and I had just read the Bible from front to cover like that year. Nice. So I was like, you know, I was, I was just so into it. And by the way, this is so cool. I love this. Thank you. This scripture. table, by the way, Man does not live on bread alone. This table is full of, of scriptures. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. So um, if you're not, if you're not watching, you're listening, the table we're sitting at is covered in, in sheets of scripture. Mm-hmm. So anyway, mm-hmm. continue. Yeah. So, yeah. um, yeah, he kind of got my mind spinning and thinking about the possibilities, what that could look like. But I still wasn't sure if I wanted to do ministry. Okay. Um, and uh, I actually wanted to be uh, a kinesiologist. Okay. I wanted to study sports, sports science spe- uh, specifically, yeah. and to kind of work with athletes. If I was going to go into, you know, my plan B, plan A was to play professionally. Plan sure. B was to, uh, of course, to, yeah, yeah, to, <laughs> to do kinesiology, uh, to study uh, sports science, um, and just work with athletes and whatnot. But, um. So when I did feel like, uh, I, I felt like, you know what? No, I think God is calling me, uh, to at least try it out, to study theology, to give it a shot. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't know what to expect. And so I found, uh, there was a university that wasn't too far from my, from my, uh, from my hometown. It was probably like a seven hour drive, um, east to Alberta and around that Bible belt. You got all the, you got mm-hmm. Ambrose university, you got all these different Bible, uh, Bible colleges, Bible universities. Um, and, uh, the coach, someone connected me. I think it was on that missions trip that I went to LA. Someone had connected me with the coach at this university mm-hmm. and, um, he, uh, he flew me out to go run with the team. And, um, they, uh, they were like, dude, we want to offer you a full, full scholarship. We'll pay for your entire undergrad. We'll give you room and board, everything like that. Wow. Yeah. So it was like, man, like God, you opened up a door here. Um, but it was challenging because I had to turn down different opportunities to play division one in the U S and right. that had been a dream of mine. Right. Right. Um, and, uh, those opportunities, those doors, I just felt like Lord was calling me to, to try this and trust him and to jump into, uh, into a, a year of uh, theology. And when I did that, man, when I jumped out head first, um, I was like, from the moment I stepped into the classroom, I was like, I'm supposed to do this. Cool. I'm supposed to study theology. I'm supposed to study, um, uh, the Bible, uh, at a higher level. And, uh, that's kind of what was the, the catalyst for, for everything else. After that, I worked at a, at a native reserve, um, in Canada with the coach. He actually served at the native reserve too, there in mm-hmm. Canada, Hobima. And, uh, we, uh, we had, he had a little church there. And so every week I was taking what I learned from the classroom, from my old Testament yeah. exegesis class. And then yeah. I would, uh, teach it or preach it, or he would give me just, uh, opportunities, teaching moments, 
to be able to pour into the people there. And it was just an amazing hybrid between, you know, the orthodoxy and orthopraxy and and just being able to be able to translate and transition that really well into real day life for people around me. Yeah. So that was kind of the, the, the catalyst. Cool. So you get a, you get a biblical education, theology, biblical languages, you're getting the intellect, you're getting the degrees. And I think, I think after that, you've gone on to get even higher ed degrees, Mm -hmm, right? mm -hmm. So you have all that and then you have the practice, you're learning to preach, you're serving people, um, you know, so so take us deeper in then your your chosen theme for today for talking about pain is a struggle with anxiety, mm-hmm. panic attacks, yep. which I don't think in 2023 anybody has to make an argument that that's not relevant and prevalent because it's massive. Mm-hmm. I think especially Gen Z, but everybody really these days generally across the board, if you look at the statistics, Depression is at an all-time high. Anxiety is at an all-time high. Mm-hmm. 2020 didn't help, obviously. Yep, yep. So your your um, anxiety, your your struggle was was not necessarily situational. And maybe if it, correct me if I'm wrong. It wasn't like you you broke up with somebody or you got kicked off the team. It was. I, I, it was situational in in the sense of life, like what's next, mm-hmm, not not mm-hmm. just like this one thing happened, right? Right. right. So you, you're starting to feel the pressure of life, and I'm, I, and there, that's a very real thing. I'm, I just graduated. Now I have to like be an adult. Yeah. And 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 now I'm in ministry, and I've got I've got a call of God. Yep. That's more and more pressure than the the call of my coach to play basketball. Now it's like, okay, so am I right? Am I in the vein? Yeah, yeah, so yeah. So then, how did it how did it go down for you? And what was that like that season? Yeah, so it it's hard to say. You know, I think I have. I think I had I, what I believed I had a, a genetic disposition towards it a little bit. Looking in retrospect, okay, I think we see patterns and characteristics of uh, an anxious presence uh, that kind of follows um, the maternal side of the family. Um, and so my sister has kind of got a disposition to, to panic and anxiety. Okay. My mother does, um, and, uh, her mother, her mother's mother. And so there was kind of like this unique, but on the maternal side, my father is just super laid back, super chill, super relaxed, mm-hmm. um, easy going. Um, and, uh, so there, there was, there was, there was that, but there was certainly, um, there was certainly different elements of, uh, like my, my grandfather during this time, my grandfather, um, passed away and I had to do his funeral and okay. the family was like leaning on me mm-hmm. for, for spiritual support, for encouragement. Mm-hmm. So I felt the pressure. You're like a young pastor. At I this was like point. 22, 21. Yeah, wow. You know, I was like, and wow. I was like, man, I'm just, I need to grieve. Right. You know, I need but to process, to the but I felt like I had to be the pillar Yeah. and I felt like I had to fake it to oh. protect everybody else. Oh wow. Yeah. And that kind of goes along with what we're talking about today, but I felt like I had to be the person so that everybody else could be okay. Right. So I took on the blunt of that load so that I could be for, there for my family. And I think to a degree, I think I, I was, and I think they needed that, mm-hmm. but certainly it wasn't what I needed. Right. It wasn't what I needed. And ultimately I paid the, I paid the price for that. Um, and so there was a lot of, and I broke up with a, a girlfriend of, of two and a half years at that time as well. Um, mm-hmm. Re-injured my neck. So actually this is another thing. A few years ago when I was still playing basketball in Alberta, I broke my neck. I broke my C7, T1, T3. Uh, vertebra and so um, that was a huge injury I was in a neck brace for like six months and so then after that when I healed from that continued to play basketball that summer when all this stuff was going down I re-injured it 
Um, and so I had the physical, added, yeah. yeah, I had the physical, uh, you know, kind of the, the effect. I had the mental, the emotional, the spiritual, um, you know, it, everything was kind of compiling and compacting all on me all at once. Mm-hmm. And so I felt it, you know, I, I felt it, but my body didn't feel it until that summer, until that season. So would you say that some of these, I guess you just couldn't call them symptoms. It's not necessarily that you had experienced them all through life. There was a like a breaking point mm-hmm, where mm-hmm. everything kind of yep. came to a head yep. and then just something snapped. Yep. Is that how it went down? Exactly. Like I, I don't think, like I had always been able to manage or cope with stress pretty well. Like I didn't really know mm-hmm. what panic was about. I didn't know what it was like to feel the physical manifestation of stress in the body because right. I was a high, like, I mean, when you're, um, you know, probably running 10 kilometers whatever, like 10 miles every day, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, what's a like, kilometer? Just, yeah. <laughs> <okay>. <laughs> right, you're a high-end athlete. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah. You know how to be pushed. You can cope stress, with stress. All those things, yeah. Yeah, you can yeah. cope with stress when you're doing that, right? But take that away and then add all these other external environmental right. stressors in your life. Right. Man, now you try to, so I didn't know, I didn't have any coping habits. I didn't have any coping mechanisms. Mm. I didn't know how to still steward and take care of my physical, emotional health while I wasn't an athlete, you know, because I'd relied so heavily on that. Yeah. Um, and so, um, all these things came collapsing in on me. And I remember I woke up one morning, um, that summer faced with all these different challenges, um, uh, decisions to make, um, people to be there for. Mm -hmm. And I remember just feeling this pain in my neck, like never before. Mm. It was like this, this, like I woke up and my entire neck was just like, just super tight and just like everything was restricted. And I remember like just feeling like this, this weird headache and I, then I started to think, well, maybe, you know, what if it's something I ate or something I, what if it was, you know, some, uh, um, some ibuprofen or something like that? I'm like, I just started thinking about everything mm-hmm. that I was, you know, doing or, or, or any supplements I was taking. And I was like, man, maybe I, maybe I did something when I injured my neck. Maybe I did something a lot worse than I thought I did. Maybe it wasn't just like a, a minor thing. Maybe I actually refractured something. So my mind just started spinning, mm-hmm. going through all the possible situations mm-hmm. or circumstances that caused this. And so, um, I remember waking up in the middle of the night that following uh, evening and waking up and just thinking, man, I, I think I have to go to the, go to the doctor. Like, I think there's something wrong with my neck and just started worrying, like ruminating on the worry, mm-hmm. ruminating on the fear, ruminating on the anxiety, the what ifs, what ifs, right? Like what Max Licato says, he says, you know, anxiety is like a meteor shower of what if, right? right? Mm-hmm. And I remember just thinking like, you know, what if there's something greater that I'm not catching in my, you know, in my neck, in my body and, so I would drive to the to the ER literally for at 3 a.m. And I did this every day for a week. I drove in the middle of the night, right? 3 a.m. Drove really? to the ER. Yeah, yeah. Drove to the ER because I was convinced that my there was something wrong with my neck. And every time I got to the to the ER, they said they they well they would refuse the first time I went. They refused to do an X-ray. Um, and so that kind of you know public healthcare in Canada. So it's it's you have access to that. You can just go in, go out. Like it's uh, you don't have to set up an appointment to do this stuff. You can just say, I want an X-ray. You can just go walk in the office. No no prescription, nothing like that. You can just go for it. Oh wow. Yeah yeah, it's a little bit different. <laughs> <laughs> Pros and cons. But so I I, I would I, the first night I drove there, um, I was uh, just convinced that something was wrong, and they said no. Like we're not gonna. You didn't fall recently, did you? No. Okay, we're not gonna we're not gonna do anything. You know. And so they sent me home. And uh, because I didn't have resolution, I kept thinking they're missing something. And my grandfather 
passed away because a doctor missed something in his diagnosis. I see. And so I was just thinking, man, well, like, what if they missed it? And now I'm going to, you know, so fears, fears are taken over. Yep. Ruminating thoughts. Ru- and over then and at over this point, over. it's physiologically like it's like, you, my, yeah, you're, are you feeling it in your flesh? Like, it's not just something I'm thinking. Right. It's like my body is beginning to manifest the stress of the ideas okay. that I'm, I'm wrestling with. Yeah. And so uh, I, I, I drove back the next night. They're like, nope, nothing's wrong. And now then about the third or fourth night, I'm beginning to have heart palpitations. Really? I'm beginning to, yeah, yeah. My, my breathing's restricted. You know, I'm having a diff, I'm having difficult breathing. And they're like, okay, well, we'll, we'll run some tests because you're not having all these all these symptoms. And meanwhile, I'm playing Google Doctor. I'm looking up online, you know, why am I having heart palpitations or why is my why is my breathing restricted? And of course, it's because you're having a heart attack or a pulmonary embolism. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? Exactly. So uh, Google, don't do be Google Doctor. Be careful what friends. you read. Don't do Google <laughs> Doctor. Let the doctors be the doctors. Yeah. Um, but uh, did that, and it just made the situation worse, and uh, just compounded my stress, compounded my anxiety. To the point where I, I was I was waking up and I couldn't feel my, my limbs, like I couldn't feel I had numbness and tingling in every extremity, my body, um, and uh, I was convinced that there was neurological damage, like convinced, and so I just kept going back to the ER. Like every day that week, I went back, and they're like, nope, no, we did some blood work, we did the tests, we did everything we need to do. There's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong with you, hmm. and I'm like, well, then what is it, right? Yeah. So we set up appointments with my family doctors. We looked at getting on medication if that was an option. My doctor at the time, he highly discouraged it. Um, and uh, he was telling me, no, 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 like, you know, you just got to work through something. I think you're going through something. But I was, like, I'll tell you correctly, like, I was so convinced that this was not in my head. I was so convinced that there was something physically wrong with my neck. Huh. Convinced. And in reality, it was in my head. Wow. But it, but it manifested in your my body body. and real physical pain and and real real physical physical symptoms but it's like the chicken or the egg right it's like what start what what was it right was it the was it the actual injury that caused me to be in an anxiety induced state or was it my anxiety causing me to experience physical symptoms in my back yeah and then i imagine it's anxiety and physical symptoms that are bringing you to this point and now you're getting it checked out and there's no answers, yep. which means you're going further down the rabbit, spiraling. the spiral hole spiraling. of chaos in your mind. And, you know, what was there like, what's going on in your emotions? Are you just getting, is it just like closing in on you and you're just getting darker and darker on the yeah. inside? Like, yeah. At the end of that week, Craig, I found myself in a rocking chair, no joke, just weeping in my parents upstairs home i just i was sitting there just tears were just rolling down i have no idea what's wrong with me i have no idea what i'm feeling i have no idea what i'm going through i there's no answers there's no resolution i think i'm i'm i think i'm dying yeah. literally that's what's going through my through my mind i think I'm, i think i'm dying i think i'm like this is it like i don't know what's going on with me something's wrong with me it was a neurological breakdown like yeah. on every element in every possible way i was having a neurological nervous breakdown wow yeah Okay. So earlier we talked about the Colby we all see now. <laughs> yeah. So what happened from then to now? Yeah. So that was, um, that, that, those couple weeks, um, it was the most, uh, intense experience, the most 
the deepest level of suffering that I had ever been through in my mm. entire life. And if there's one way to describe it, it's I would say it's hell on earth. Like somewhere in between anxiety, depression, and panic for me was absolute hell. Yeah. And it's it's physical pain, it's mental pain, it's spiritual pain, it's emotional pain. All tied together. All tied together. And I and I, you know what the, the weird thing is this I, I remember when I was waking up some nights and and uh, I would actually hear hear voices like taunting me and I'm like did you ever consider the spiritual aspect of in terms of like demonic attack and things like that I still don't know how to describe it because I'm like am I crazy or is there something here uh-huh and I'm I, like, honestly, Craig, to this day, the intersection between mental and emotional crises or unwellness or mm-hmm. health mm-hmm. and the intersection between spiritual powers of evil and darkness, mm-hmm. I, I don't understand where they intersect. Mm. But I know that those two things aren't mutually exclusive. They're not. And mm-hmm. so when I'm waking up at 4 a.m. and I'm hearing voices taunting me right. and I'm like, have I lost my mind or is there something more here? Yeah. You well, know. you have the spirit of God living in you. Yeah. And those things that you're hearing is not him. Yeah. So. Right. What is it? Yeah. 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 So that from that point on, it was about four, five, six weeks of this intense experience of the deepest suffering that I've ever experienced in my life. That's and how long the, the pain, the, 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 physical, the, the physical season of struggle is. Well, four, no, no, five, six just weeks. the intensity of just it the intensity. was so like, you know, I was fighting for my life every day. Okay. Like I was fighting for my life every day. And if it was not for my father, I mean, my father in heaven spoke through my earthly father Mm. and he spoke life and light into such a place of darkness and despair for me. Mm. Like if it wasn't for that, I don't know if I'd be here. One word of encouragement from my father, man. And I know where it came from, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's, it just breaks my heart because that's beautiful. But what breaks my heart is that we are living in a fatherless generation. And, and so many people, what they need is just a dad yeah. that's speaking something. That's right. But, so you had that. So it took a long time. But what was going on in your faith at that time? through that season was your are you are you like hey i always trusted god Mm -hmm. just i know you're good i don't know what's going on or was there a a questioning a breaking was there a like what job type of like because when everything's hitting you Mm -hmm. and then you're like god i know you're good but what and then you're like did was there a, a struggle in that sense for you yeah i think i mean it's number one like god why Mm-hmm. Where are you? Like I'm, I'm doing this for you. Yeah, I don't just, be, I don't just believe in you. I'm not just a Christian, man. I'm a, I'm a pastor. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm serving. Yeah, you. <laughs> I was like, like I'm supposed to be in the ministry. Yeah, like, yeah, right, yeah, yeah. I, I think one way of, for me, of coping with the the level of intensity of what I had to go through, was to truly believe that. Um, and I know this kind of seems cliche, and I don't know how people or what they have to cleave on to to get through something. But for me, there was an impression on my heart that there was a call in my life 
Mm. And because there was a call in my life that the enemy was coming against me with mm. all of his spiritual tactics and schemes mm-hmm. and forces mm-hmm. and the oppression I felt, I had to believe that it was equivalent to the weight of the calling of God in my life. Beautiful. And if, if I was being oppressed this intensely, it revealed to me that there was something more that God had for me Wow! in my future. Wow. What an attitude. I had to. That was the only, yeah. that was the only way. Right, because if you, if you don't choose to believe that and reinforce that belief, you're going to go down a really bad trail. Hope. Yeah. You need hope. Like hope at the end of the day is, is, is what we need. And his name is hope, you know? And I, I had to, I had to believe that Jesus had something more for me. And, and my dad sat me down and he, he told me, and like you said, I, I'm super grateful that I had that. I'm super grateful that I had that, that father in my life to be able to speak just words of life to me. But when I, uh, when he told me that God has something more for me, you know, that he wasn't done with me, that this isn't the end of the story, mm-hmm. you know, um, that gave me the perspective that I needed to fight through and to fight through to see what God had for me, to not believe that this was the end, but to believe that there was something more and to cleave onto that hope and believe it and trust it and know that there's going to be a brighter day, you know? Wow. And, and we're, we're living in the brighter days now. God yeah. is using you in a, a global stage of influence, mm-hmm. spiritual leadership. And I think it's another, you know, you said chicken or the egg earlier, and maybe it's another one of those. It's like, is it is because you chose to continue in faith through the struggle, believing that God had a call for you that now you're walking in that call or was it just, well, it was going to happen no matter what. I mean, it's, you know, in, in God's economy, it's probably both and it works together, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. as we cooperate with the Holy spirit, but that season, I don't think that you're where you're at now in spite of that season, y- you know, probably in, in part you're where you're at now because of that season yeah, and yeah. how you chose to walk in faith through the season. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's, I mean, in reality, I think each and every one of my videos online that I put out, whether it's just a, a word of encouragement or a word of life or a scripture or a prayer, whatever it is, it comes from that place. Mm-hmm. Like it comes from that experience. Like every, every time I'm, I'm, I post something, it's like, this is, it's coming from a heart that bled. It's coming from a place where I was, I was bleeding all over. I didn't know what to do. I was in such despair. And I know that somebody else out there might be going through that, what I went through. And I have to, I have an obligation. I have a responsibility because of what I went through to be able to share that, to encourage them to speak the same life and the words that my father spoke to me, to somebody else. Wow. I don't know if you guys are catching this, but you got to understand there's such a difference between somebody that gets an education of intellect. You can know all the theology in the world. Mm -hmm. You could have all these words memorized. You could know this doctrine and this orthodoxy and all this stuff. But to experience relationship with God, faith walked out, struggle and victory in real life, is a different thing than just an academic education in your mind. And so a person that ministers from that place of both correct thought, orthodoxy, but ministers from a place of 
brokenheartedness and compassion towards other people that are broken. That's what it's all about, and that's why God's using you. And and just yeah, for the record, you know, we both do a lot online, and sometimes you know, some people love it, some people hate it, some people think, "What mm-hmm. are you doing?" Mm-hmm. And neither of us believe that online is an exchange for local yep. faith community. Yep. We're both local church pastors, but what we know is that there's a young man or a wo- young woman that is at the end of themselves and considering who knows what in darkness but they're scrolling one last time through some videos looking for some kind of hope. And like we said, it's a fatherless generation. It's a hopeless generation. Mm-hmm. It's a friendless generation. I mean, there's so many people, when they're going through it, they're they're willing to listen to 60 seconds of hope. And so, man, I just commend you, not only for leading a local church, um, but for pouring yourself out online and, and having it come from a, a place of not just, oh, how can I get more views, but a place of like, I've been broken before. I know what that feels like. And I just want to speak life to mm-hmm. somebody else because life is found not in just a philosophy, not in just a, a thought, mm-hmm. a cool little tweetable quote, mm-hmm. but it's found in Jesus yes. and what the Holy Spirit can actually do in you. Yes. It's so good, dude. Well, dude, thanks for sharing uh, that part of your story. I know that it's so relevant to so many um, this, this podcast is called conversations in contrast. And the reason for that is that it was supposed to be about two specific themes. One, what is one of the darkest, most painful things that you've been through? And two, I want to talk about something awesome that you do. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't, I don't know exactly what, you know, I know that you, you gave me a few uh, buddies and mm-hmm. their phone numbers and so I'm I'm uh, going behind your back asking people, <laughs> hey, what what is like one of the greatest things about Colby? And so the in contrast to this episode is I want to talk about something uh, that you do that is amazing, and I don't want you to be humble. <laughs> okay, that's like uh, I have no idea what the, the you know. You pro- there's just some things that people do that they wouldn't put in a video or preach from a pulpit because it would sound like bragging. So there's actually two things. I, I, I'm trying to aim for just one, but there's two. I really want to ask you about both quickly. Sure, sure, sure. Okay? So one thing that stood out to me that somebody said is, somebody said, it's quite amazing how Colby is super busy doing a ton online, leading a local church with people, leaders, people in your church. Like everything that goes into a, a leading a local church is a lot more than most people understand if they've never been a pastor. So you're, you're doing all that locally here in the, in the Portland, Vancouver area. But somebody said, but the way that Colby will give his time to somebody that he's never even met in person, maybe somebody that reached out to him from a video, um, they, they said that you've spent hours just talking with people through whatever, if they reach out to you like, Hey, I like what you do. I want to do it. I want to do videos or I want to, whatever you just will give so much time to them. Mm-hmm. So I want to, I want to hear about that. What has led you not just to post a 60 second video, but to give 60 minutes to somebody. And then number two, this is a totally different subject, but it stood out to me. <laughs> somebody said that your relationship with your grandma uh, yes. is unreal. Oh me. Oh me. Oh me. Okay. So can That's we, so I want to talk about both those things That's because so they both sound awesome. Yeah. And, uh, and so so don't be humble. Number one, is this person's assessment of, of the way that you give your, your time and your, your energy and your... Some, somebody said to me yesterday, 
Man, I was so surprised when I asked you how you did your videos. You actually told me how you do your videos because mm-hmm. I do a thing where I put the scripture on it and you could see me right on it. And she said, so many people in social media, it's like a trade secret. They don't want to tell anything. Mm-hmm. I said, well, yeah, yeah. obviously anything I do is from Jesus and right. for Jesus, so right. I want to share it. But so what? what's your trade secrets that you do in terms of like what? You're you're talking to anybody. You're sharing your heart. You're sharing yeah, your, your yeah. ways. Like, how's that gone for you? Yeah, I mean, so people will often either reach out online, or but I, I mean, obviously, as you know, it's not possible to connect with everybody. Right. It's it's not it's not healthy either. No. It's just not practical. We can't even um, read all the comments no, or the messages. No. So forgive us when we don't. Res- res- yeah, yeah, it's just too I, much. I tried my best to read through them and just make sure, um, like, if you know there's ones that I prioritize that sure. I see right. particularly that I'm like, okay, that's a, that's a priority right. a decision. How do for I know Jesus or, yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, exactly. So those are the things that I prioritize in my inbox or if someone's having a mental health crisis, knowing when and where, um, to, uh, to refer them right. to someone who can, or right. an organization or something like that, that can better support them. Um, because I can't, I can't be that. Um, but oftentimes, sometimes there is something that just the Lord will impress upon my heart this person, uh, they need a little bit more. And I don't know why he does that. I don't know when he prompts it, but when he prompts it, I listen. And mm-hmm. um, it's it's turned into uh, friendships. It's turned into uh, uh, moments where, um, you know, God does something miraculous through those conversations or he, he turns on a light, even for me, in those conversations. And I, I like sometimes it's out of a place of, of, of crisis. Sometimes it's out of a place of, um, uh, just, you know, reciprocation. Hey, just want to know more about, about who you are and uh, would love to grab a coffee or whatever. I'm from Portland or this and that. Um, so sometimes, yeah, just the Lord will prompt my heart and be like, yeah, this person, like spend time with them, get to yeah. know them, be intentional with them. And so that's turned into friendships. That's turned into, uh, you know, uh, hour long, two hour long coffee dates, just random. You know, just with different people in in the Portland in metro the area, area, but also people online too. I was gonna say, has there been some long distance phone calls, FaceTimes yep. that you? Yeah. What's the furthest one that you've oh. given time to? Probably India. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> wow. I mean, somewhere over there. Um, sometimes, like I just came back from Papua New Guinea, and there was uh, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just came back from Papua New Guinea a couple two months ago, uh-huh. a month and a half ago, two months ago. Um, and so that was, uh, uh, you know, built, built a lot of friendships there and still stay in touch with those people and, uh, you know, FaceTime and, uh, FaceTime audio and whatnot. And, um, you know, I, I don't know, I'm pretty like, I, I know it seems like we're not accessible or like sometimes we have this idea that people aren't accessible. Um, but I think, you know, when God prompts you, you know, you have to listen to that. And when God prompts you, there's a reason why He, the Holy Spirit, prompts you to certain people. And I sometimes I don't, I don't, I don't know why. Right. But when I, when He does prompt me, I listen to that prompt, and um, oftentimes it's led to a, a huge blessing for me personally when I steward those relationships or right. steward those promptings that He gives me. And um, yeah, I just, I just try to be faithful in that way. So it's turned out just sometimes, sometimes I'm just hanging with people for hours or just random people in the Portland metro area. And yeah. Yeah. I think me and you first knew of each other online and then we met yep. in person later yeah okay so real quick before we end tell us about your grandma oh, like what's dude. her name oh, or wh- well her name is Mer- mary meyer okay that's her but, name but you call her Omi. is that like a traditional canadian wait or is that a special thing? that's like an eastern Euro- that's a german like yeah oh, she's okay. she's she's german she is born, okay. born in Ro- romania oh okay um 
but uh, they lived in Austria and Germany and, 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 and during the war there was a lot of you know moving around and so um, she in her story is is honestly she's she is where we talk about resilience is she, so she old enough that she was she's 92 <gasps> so she 90. was in Europe yep. during World War two yep 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 in yep. Austria yeah Romania. she was in, in Salzburg she actually met my grandfather in Salzburg my opa in Salzburg at a refugee uh, oh camp my. in in in, uh, in Salzburg, Austria. Oh my! That's where they met, and um, they were on an amazing journey. Years after that, they came to the Lord and started that heritage on my father's side. Okay, of of uh, of faith and just pursuing God. And Does she live in Canada now. She does. Or still. I yeah, yeah. So what's your relationship with her like and, and what's the draw there? Because some people, some people, the way that they, especially in America, we have a very, a very low view for the older generation, mm-hmm. whereas other cultures, it's such honor. Yeah. And uh, so some people just treat their, their grandparents like, well, I get a gift on Christmas or my birthday or oh, I have to go hang out with them. How boring <laughs> or something like that. So, but you love your grandma. Like, yeah. what? What's your relationship with her like? Do you guys call? Do you? Yeah, like, all the time. <laughs> like, we're. I mean, yeah. And she lives in. The, she. This is kind of freaks me out. She still lives in the in the boonies in Canada. Like, by, she lives by herself. Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes. Sometimes. Like she is. She is such a woman of resilience, of faith, of of, of, of perseverance. Mm-hmm. Like all these things marked her journey, living through the wars and the horrors wow. of World War Two. Um, and uh, just the things, the, the people that she lost, the things she saw, no human should have to see or lose. Mm. And um, she had been through it all. And she is just a, for me, she has become a symbol of God's grace and goodness um, in, in the human experience, in the human life. Because, I mean, for someone to go through what she went through and just knowing everything she had to go through and endure, mm-hmm. I mean, she lost so many people that were so close to her and just seeing her faith in God persist and never give up, but greater faith, greater faith, despite all of it, just pushed her closer to Jesus. She's someone who's walking so close with Jesus. Really? It's so inspirational. Like it's so, it just, every time I am, I get, I get an opportunity to talk with her or hang with her. I feel like the Lord's presence is just, just mm. beaming from her life. Like she has been with Jesus. Her face is radiating like the face of wow. Moses when he comes down from, like that's the type of yeah. experience. Every time I'm around her, I feel closer to him. So so what? So do you call her? Do you FaceTime her? Yeah, like, well, she doesn't know how to FaceTime. <laughs> so, <laughs> she doesn't know. You got to show her, bro. Well, no, no. We, we tried to get her an iPad and uh, there's no, uh, they, their internet up there is, is no good. Like oh, she's, she's, she's in the boons. Yeah, she's yeah. in the boons. So she's got a... She has a, she has a, a rotary. <gasps> she has a rotary. They have still. a rotary. Kids, kids, Gen Z, you don't know nothing about no rotary. <laughs> it's a phone. And you on, like dude. spin They're this back. circle. They They're probably are back. <laughs> Everything from the 90s is coming back. They're coming back. So <laughs> okay, she, so she has got, a rotary phone. Yeah, you so call her. I call her. I call her on my cell phone, and she she picks up after a few rings, and we check in with each other. And we try to do this every week. We just check in with each wow. other. I try to call her as often as I you can. You just say, how are you? She says, how are you? Yeah, like, and just what? ask her like what, well, ask her what Jesus or what God is, is teaching her in the wow. season and so i'm just like man i'm just learning. getting nuggets from her. every time like yeah. i'm with her i'm just learning and i try to go back like i was back uh, a month ago and i i just try to just hang out with her and just have conversation ask her stories we filmed the whole interview because she was actually doing pretty unwell about uh six to eight months ago maybe mm-hmm. a year ago mm-hmm. she wasn't doing she was going through a little health 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 blip and um we we filmed because we didn't know what you know 
God forbid we didn't know when the, when her last breath was going to be right. type deal. And so we got together and we just filmed mm-hmm. a two-hour like documentary legacy video video Mm -hmm. on her life. Like what you got going on? Like we had all the cameras, all the mics, you know, yours truly was the director producer. Beautiful. And you know, I tried to do all that stuff. It was really hard, but we got just an amazing like biography of her life um, and just everything she had gone through and highlights and stories and God's goodness and grace. And I'm like, there were so many things from that. I still need to edit it and and put it together post-production. But like, man, there's things from that that I'm like this generation so desperately needs to hear. Right. And uh, she has been such a huge, huge, huge force in just in my life. It's mm-hmm. from my grandmother and grandfather, my Omi and Opa. And my Opa passed away a number of years ago, but he uh, he also was someone who drew me closer to Jesus and, and taught me the power of the Holy Spirit in the life of the believer, like taught me what that looks like. Wow. You know what it looks like—not just like an to idea abide. to be bel- to believe in, but a real reality, presence of God in your presence life. of God, and, yeah. and just the, the man. Don't don't write off don't write off the older generation. There is such wisdom there, man. There right. is such wisdom there. Oh man, yeah. Well, cool, dude. Thanks for sharing your story with us today. I wonder if, in closing, um, well, first of all, how can people find you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they can find me. So I'm on uh, Instagram uh, now, Threads. um instagram colby f meyer is my handle same for youtube uh colby f meyer and on tiktok it's colby underscore meyer m-a-i-e-r yeah yeah Yeah. check him out he's posting biblical content teaching prayers all that every day and if you're in the portland area you guys meet in portland we sure do at the hallowed halls um, it's a hallowed hall, dude. It's the hallowed holy hall. Holy halls, man! I still haven't been there yet. Dude, One of these days, it's it's a yeah. beautiful venue. The owner actually attends our church. We started there with launch, and he's like, "Dude, I've been praying for a church here. I am." And so he's he's blessed us just astronomically with the space. Yeah, and, I gotta uh, make it sometime. It's a really cool space. We meet at ten thirty a.m. on Sunday. Beautiful. Just one service, simple, just super down to earth. But it's uh, people that I walk with and do life with every single day. So. I'm super grateful for the opportunity to be in person with people. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. So if you're in the Portland area, check out Bloom Church. Mm-hmm. And if you want to find them on Instagram, it's a church in Portland. Yeah. We're a so church. I in love Portland. it. Yeah. I love it. I love it. And that's why I chose my username. You know, when I first was uh-huh. changed my username, I, the Craig Brown was available uh-huh. and I had it typed in. Oh, and I felt convicted. I was like, I'm not the Craig Brown. I'm not the only oh, one. So that's on. why I went back and I, yep. and I wrote a, well, I am, I am a Craig Brown. That's why I chose that name. Right. So I love it. You are a church in Portland. Yeah, we're just one of them. the only down. one. No, there's other great churches no, too. There's nothing. We're just, we just follow Jesus. Yeah. We love Jesus. Here's we want to preach the gospel, but there's a lot of other good Bible teaching, Jesus following yeah. people serving churches in the Portland area that we link arms with. And yeah. Beautiful. We just, we just rallied this last week with like, I saw did you see like that? 4,000 people. Or yeah. Something. Well, that was a couple of weeks ago. We had another oh. one oh, you had another with one. the Louis Palau Association together as one, together one PDX. And we had uh same thing. We had thousands of people come down. Wow. Matt Redmond led the worship. Really? Really? Yeah, dude, it was a huge thing. Beautiful. So there's a unity in the body. Yeah. And we want to steward that in Portland because we want to see yeah, in Portland so as it is in heaven. A- amen. Yeah. Unity is, you know, John 17, one of the biggest things. Cool. Well, in closing, I would uh, wonder if you would say a prayer. I'd be honored. And specifically through the lens of those struggling with 
anxiety, panic attacks, depression, mm. stuff that you know well, you've been through. God has taken you through and brought healing and, and maybe potentially still bringing healing. Sometimes things God heals in a moment. Sometimes we walk with a limp and there's a process forever. Nevertheless, God is good and he's with us and, mm-hmm. and you are walking in health and wholeness and God is using you in a big way. And so if you could pray into all that for whoever's listening, I think that'd be a beautiful way to close. I love it. I love awesome. it. Awesome. Let's do it. Father God, we just want to thank you for um, our time here today. Mm-hmm. Thank you for Craig. Thank you for his family, his ministry here, conversations in contrast and just exposing the vulnerabilities of the life of a leader in in the church. And God, we know that life following you isn't all sunshine and rainbows. We know that hard times do come. Jesus, you said in this world, you will have many troubles, mm-hmm. right? But do not fear for you have overcome the world, Father. So God, we just, we, we cleave onto that truth, that promise that you have already overcome. Jesus, through you, through your sacrifice, that you've overcome. And so whatever we're facing, whatever challenges, um, anxious thoughts, ruminating thoughts, intrusive thoughts, obsessive thoughts, God, whatever is obstructing our clarity of mind and our purview of you, I pray that you would bring your shalom peace. That you would bring the peace that transcends our comprehension. Mm -hmm. That transcends our knowledge, our knowing. God, that that peace would reside in whoever's listening, whoever's under the sound of my voice right now. That your sweet Holy Spirit would fill them up. That love, joy, peace, patience, all the fruit Mm -hmm. of the Holy Spirit would saturate their heart, would saturate their mind. That right now you would fill them with that peace, God, no matter what they are going through. That they know that there is a knowing, not just a feeling, but a knowing that there is more. A knowing that in you, Jesus, there is hope. And I pray that that knowledge, that knowing that you are the God who has already overcome the world that you will enable them and empower them to overcome whatever they are going through to see another day for you hold tomorrow in the palm of your hand. And I pray this over their life in Jesus powerful and mighty name. Amen. 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 Thank you, Colby. Thanks for joining us today, everybody. God bless you.